Well, welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it is really a pleasure, as always, to, to have you with us, to join you, uh, however you want to look at that. We're together again for another conversation here on a program that brings you new paradigms for a new world. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And we have a returning guest. Uh, she is making her solo appearance because the last time she was on, she was on with another gentleman who uh, uh, I had double booked. And I said, I'm not going to waste this time. Let's just jump in and we'll talk to the two of them. They had a great conversation and connection. And the three of us did as well. And it is great to have Drasmin back with us. Thank you so much for joining us. Mm, blessings. Good to be here. It is wonderful to be with you again, especially when I start taking a look at your website. Actually, I should say plural websites. Uh, but specifically the one that features your art which is part of what we're going to talk about today and uh, what it is uh, and, and so forth. Um, tell our listeners and, and viewers, uh, because I'm hoping that I'm, I'll be able to show during this video some of your art on screen as we move forward uh, to uh, show people what it is that you produce and that is actually available. I'm not sure if it's actually for sale. I saw something about adopting art, so we'll talk about that as well. Tell us a little bit about, um, shall we say, your uh, musings and so forth. Yeah. So my art is... Um if I had to put a category on it, I would call it spiritual poetry art. Although the intention with my art is really to disseminate the, the labels, really to collapse the bridge of spirituality and the physical world through the expression of art. I do infuse my art with a lot of symbolism, um, with uh, light language channeling, which is the energy, the language of energy, um, with uh, alphanumeric code and um, sacred geometry. So that's where I bring the spiritual aspects of it. And I have the spiritual gift of sight. And so I have visions that come through me. And over the last 10 years, I've been slowly developing and refining my artistry to come to the sum that I am now, where I have come out as a spiritual artist to really um, bring God into our lives through the expression of art. Well, I want to show our listeners and our viewers, those of you watching on YouTube, a piece. Uh, I, I, I'm curious about the title of this piece, only because of obviously you have to have heard all of the jokes in this regard. But give us a little insight into this piece that you call uh, a breaking, uh, breaking wind. <laughs> okay, you, you. Uh, I wasn't going to go there. I, I was. This goes back to 2018, by the way. I wasn't really going to go there, but you, you can't deny the humor in the title. Oh, Richard, I, I'm I'm so pleased that you have picked up on that subtle humor. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> love it. Love it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, so, yes, Breaking Wind. I'm sure that if you're already on this vibe of comedy, you know where this is coming from. 
And um, it really is a play on words. You know, our language is the first thing that we learn and we develop. So I strive to create content with my art and my writing that is familiar mm -hmm. to invite like, oh, I, I know that, but wait a minute, there's something different. You know, and that's really the invitation that I want. So the fact that you've tuned into that is fantastic. Now, Breaking Wind in itself is a um, meditation art piece. It, I had this vision um, of, um, I, I was really processing my emotion around um, bridging the subconscious and the conscious, specifically death. I've been in a journey for this past year and a half now, a very intimate journey with death, with a close uh, death in my family. And I've been, I, was, I was challenged for a few months over the winter with um, being at peace with this death in my family. And, and then one day it, it just came to me in the middle of the night. Some of my best revelations come in the middle of the night when everybody's asleep. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like a big, it's like a big fart of the universe. You know, death <laughs> comes in like a big fart. Like it just like shocks you out of your senses and, and it just like shakes you into place. And in the practice of shamanism, one of the techniques that is taught is the shock factor from a point of comedy to, 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 to shake loose the inertia to, to, um, dissolve that stagnancy and that stuckness that we get attached to as we mature, as we go through life experiences, we become hardened. And so cosmic humor is one of the techniques in shamanism that is used to break that stagnation. And so when the title of this piece came through, I admit, I spent 10 minutes laughing. I was like, really? Breaking wind? How does it play out? And then as I sat with it, it really ties in. You know, we have the light and the night and what breaks through our resistance is that first breath what breaks through is that initial fart of release you know a fart is basically a release of like <laughs> trapped gas yeah and so this art piece is releasing that trapped gas of wisdom that is wanting to awaken that's just stuck right behind the shadows right behind the veil of surrender interesting and the beautiful thing is, is you've taken it from uh, the humorous, which you obviously you acknowledge, to, now I don't want to say the serious, but say the more spiritual or metaphorical context. And um, it's one of the things that, that humor is one of those things that um, I personally, I, I just got a new phone. I, I, I had to upgrade. Uh, it had been nine years, believe it or not, nine years, if, if I'm correct in, in, in uh, the information about the old phone that I had, to a 2022 phone. And um, there's no headphone jack. So all the, headphone, uh, the <laughs> headphones that I bought and earbuds that plug in, they're wired, I can't use. So I had to buy earbuds. Well, the advantage there is I can, and I only put one ear in. I always have. I, I always, I, I can't allow myself to not be aware of, of sounds in the outside world. So I only put one ear bud in. And at night, after watching whatever dramas or what have you that we, that we uh, uh, watch on, on demand, I then go to my YouTube channel. I go to the comedy section. 
and I listen to all kinds of old Johnny Carson, The Tonight Show episodes, uh, Jim Gaffigan, uh, uh, Stephen Wright, uh, Craig Ferguson, uh, um, uh, Trevor Noah of The Daily Show, Stephen Colbert, and, and the list goes on. Because I, wanna, I want to leave the conscious world, uh, I guess you could say lighter, happy, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Because if I don't, and it's not that I have nightmares, quite honestly, I don't really remember. My, I haven't remember. I don't. I, I rarely ever remember a dream. And if I do remember it, I've forgotten it within about an hour or two after I remembered it. So I know there's an important sort of to, to writing this stuff down. But your art, uh, it sounds to me like that is where your art mostly uh, emanates from is your dreams, the messages that you receive. And one in particular I would like to talk about, and as a matter of fact, what we're going to do is just take a quick uh, pause here to remind you that uh, we are talking with uh, Drasmin, and we also encourage you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to go to her website uh, where you can find out about her art, Drasmin Dreamworks. Dot Wixsite, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com. We'll be linked to that website, uh, Dresmin, so that folks can uh, can go there and find out more and we'll look at the, 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 the art. But we're going to show folks a little bit more of that as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and Dresmin is our guest here on the program. She's an artist. She's an alchemist. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you... you support people, you encourage people, not just through your day-to-day, but also through your art. And uh, one of those pieces, which, again, I'm, I'm always amazed and uh, astounded, and I guess I couldn't say in awe, of the work that some folks put out. And in this case, we've got one that is entitled, and, and you may want to pronounce this, it is She Trinity Goddess Mandala. Now, you've capitalized the S and the H. And the uh, mm-hmm. E is lowercase. Uh, tell us why. So the whole premise with that specific word, you know, I, I consider myself a, a spiritual artist and art is just one aspect of it. Language is the other big aspect of it. I use um, the practices of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, mm-hmm. to, to really bring the visual context of the mind to the forefront because we are ultimately visual learners. Yes. So that immediately drew your attention. And it's it's written that way because when I had the vision, the first vision I had many years ago of the energy of the masculine and feminine, it was the S, the serpent, you know, the S is the symbol, the shape of a serpent. So the serpent, which is the life force energy coming up through the consciousness, through the subconscious, coming up through the masculine energy, through the he in the container of the she to create life. And this is a meditation that I've been on for many years, this particular piece I did this year. So the she trinity is really honoring the aspects of she made in mother crone, and yet also subtly acknowledging that she is because he is, and yet he is because she is. They exist because of and for each other. Hmm. I noticed the figure eight 
I can see a figure eight in there, the symbol of infinity. Mm -hmm. Actually, it looks like it's overlaid, especially in the center. Um, and at first glance, I thought, oh, my goodness, it's beautiful. But, you know, it's all these brown shades of brown. It's kind of drab. And then I got to thinking more about it and realizing, actually, it's kind of calming. Uh, you know, it it's it is. It's uh, it's got a peacefulness to it. Almost, as a matter of fact, as you and I are conversing here, uh, here in California in particular, I'm not sure if you're getting this up in this neck of the woods where you are at this time. Uh, we're getting a lot of heat, and I can hardly wait for fall to start. You know, where it cools down, and you get around to November and the holidays and all those kinds of things, and you know everything starts to change colors and actually starts to turn brown before the snows fall in certain areas. And it's like, yeah, that's the season I love. I, I absolutely uh, love fall and winter. Um, when I was a kid growing up in school, uh, when, when August would roll around and then Labor Day and as soon as September hit the, hit the calendar, uh, you started seeing the shadows get longer and longer and longer. And it told me, ah, you know, growing up in Phoenix, it was always hot. So it's like, oh boy, cooler weather just around the corner. You know, not anymore in Phoenix, but when I was a kid growing up, it was that way. <laughs> um, so it's, it, it has a calming effect in that regard. But it seems to me, uh, that I mean, that we're having a bit of a challenge in our societies plural across the globe today with this whole male female or i should maybe rephrase that masculine feminine um oh how do i put it a challenge i don't want to say grappling because it's not really that so much as each is trying to find its own place i've even heard it put this way that um in spite of all that's been done to the feminine side of the population, the female side of the population over the centuries, and that they're now starting to find their voice, the patriarchal structure and infrastructure has actually done damage to the male energy and, and uh, individuals because it has taken them down what we might call a primrose path. Uh, that has told them, this is the way that you are, this is the way that we shall be, because we're men, and this is how men are. And it's like, uh, I don't think so. And I don't know about you, but I can't buy into a lot of the relationship dogma and doctrine that has been put out there over the centuries, let alone these, uh, this past century in America in particular, as far as the dynamics. Um, and I'm going to use Valentine's Day as an example. Whether you believe it was contrived by Hallmark and the greeting card companies and the flower shops, it's as if every year you've got to up the ante and up the ante and up the ante and up the ante and up. You can only go so high. And if you're in a relationship for 40, my parents have been married 66 years, Jasmine. Jasmine, uh, I, 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 you know, I would think that they're just happy to still be alive together. Um, talk to us a little bit about this, this, the challenges that the feminine and the masculine aspects of our society are faced with today 
as is represented maybe in in your art, including this one uh, regarding the goddess Mandala. Mm, wow. I know that's mm. a big one. I know it's huge, but... Yeah, yeah, no, the, you know, this is this is an important conversation to have. You know, it is in the conversations of the uncomfortable that we grow, that we truly find our, our, our strengths, that we truly empower our challenges. And this is a very important and relevant conversation. Now, if you're looking at masculine and feminine in terms of energy... Um, it's a lot simpler to break down. And let me just break it down for you. So you wake up in the morning and you're like, ah, you know, I want a cup of coffee. You have a desire. It's like, ah, I really want a cup of coffee. I want it to be hot and I want it to have cream and I want it to have sugar. And, oh, maybe I want to have a little hazelnut syrup. You know, you're thinking about all the yummy, delicious ways that you want your coffee. I akin that to the feminine energy. It's that spark of longing. It's that seed of, mm, I want to give birth to something. I want to create something. I want to, I want something in my life that gives me pleasure. And then you go, well, I have all the tools. I'm going to go and make the coffee. So you then take the desire and you take action. And the movement from the inner to the outer is where the masculine energy comes in. So I feel that, and this is from my personal experience, from my meditations and my downloads, what I have received is over the course of his story, it has become his story. It's not her story. It's not a being story. It's his story. And we are talking about centuries, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of a program you know, if you run a computer on the same program again and again and again, it's going to lag eventually. It's going to get corrupted. It's going to get viruses. It's not going to work. And so a program was inserted into collective consciousness many, 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 many moons ago that stripped memory of where power comes from. Power comes from that initial longing, that, that desire, that feminine urge to expand because the feminine urge is about expansion and the masculine is about creation they are a harmonic yet because of the conditioning that has come power struggles ego mentalities without going too much into um, multi-dimensional timelines and extraterrestrial things which could open a can of worms and it does play a large aspect into what we're seeing mm -hmm. i'll strive to keep it more humanistic for okay. this conversation. I'll try to keep it more earthly. Another segment. You know, we, we'll go down that. Uh, we'll go down that yellow brick road. <laughs> right, right. We could definitely do that. Um, but for the sake of simplicity of this conversation, you know, we have seen the aggressive rise of power struggle. Somewhere along the line, someone was told no, and no is difficult. Okay, nobody likes to be told no, especially mm -hmm. as an adult. We don't want to be told no. I'm an adult. I will do and get what I want, right? We don't like being told no. And in that moment when someone was told no, right? Mm -hmm. I believe that acceptance of that no was not reciprocated. And it allowed a seed of disenchantment to come in. You know, when we talk about the light and the shadow, they exist because of for each other. You, you have the night because of the light. So we can't just say, oh, it's all going to be good and there will never be evil. It exists. Darkness exists. It's just there, right? But it's about knowing what we allow into it. And I believe that somewhere down the line, somebody's no 
was it, it impacted them so greatly it, it it traumatized them so deeply that then it domino affected and butterfly affected this cataclysmic shit that we're in where we don't know whether we're man or woman or somewhere in between you know because we have gotten so confused with what is being told to us mm -hmm. rather than being empowered to be who we are yeah we are taught at a young age and this is where language comes into my art you know this is where i use symbolism this is where i use different elements you know outside of just traditional painting mediums to to break that disillusionment like wait a minute what, what's really going on here you know and that's really what the shift i feel is happening at a collective level we're realizing like oh it's not a masculine problem it's not a feminine problem it's a being problem mm -hmm. it's a we're not connected with ourselves problem before we started this interview we were talking about listening yeah listening listen in G. G is the God Goddess. Listen in to the God Goddess within. You know, there mm. is a small percentage of beings who are in power. You know, the Vatican, to name one of them, um, the Constitution here in the United States. There are these entities in power, a very small group that have created a system that's successful enough to give the illusion of, oh, everything's fine as it continues to pump out programming such as Valentine's Day, such as today, Labor's Day weekend. Oh, we're celebrating one day a year, our amazing workforce. But the rest of the year, we're not going to treat people as humans. Yeah. Oh, you need to take time off because your dad died? That's too bad. Oh, you need, you know, Doctor this pay. or that. <laughs> yeah, oh, you, you can't pay rent. Oh, you need more time because you just had a child and you just need to recover from your traumatic childbirth. No, you're going to get three weeks and if you don't come back you know we have over time the collective consciousness has dehumanized yeah. people by attaching labels yeah. to them i don't and know my art aims to remove those labels and bring back the raw emotion because when we look at our emotions which i hope is what my art invokes above all mm -hmm. when those emotions come to the surface that's when we can really start to see some effective change because emotion is just energy in motion. Energy has become clogged, has become stuck. The masculine doesn't have a safe space to be in his feminine energy. The feminine doesn't have a space to be feminine because she's had to become masculine, you know, and it's just created this war of the sexes. And now we're just seeing, you know, all of these programs and television shows where we're just pitting against each other, creating competition, creating a hustle culture, creating a struggle culture. And these are all false programs that take away from the power of the I am. Yeah. Trees don't struggle or compete with each other. Animals don't compete with each other. Competition, struggle, poverty, lack, difference is a human mind-made construct that's yeah. literally words yeah. and language yeah. that has been fed down for generations. There is a new on-demand program uh, that is a prequel to a very, very popular uh, a program, and both of them are sort of in the medieval construct, and most people will know of the Game of Thrones, and there's a prequel called uh, Home of the Dragon.
Now, there was a great line, I think it was in either, I think it was in episode two. I'm not even going to try to explain how we got to this line. But I think it applies to today in terms of what's happening. Uh, and this, this one woman is speaking to the quote-unquote princess and says that the patriarchy in that day would rather destroy and burn to the ground the civilization that it rules over than allow a woman to rule. And it seems as though in, in our day, it's not so much that they, they would burn it to the ground as opposed to have a woman. They would burn it to the ground as opposed to allowing the feminine energies mm -hmm. to play a role mm -hmm. in creating a better society and a better civilization. Is that a fair assessment? I would say yes. You know, we all are made of feminine and masculine energy. Mm -hmm. We all have the capacity to be sensitive to be thoughtful, to be compassionate, to care deeply from the heart. But we do not have a world that supports us. The moment a being steps into their authenticity and says no, and says, I want more, I deserve better, they are either threatened with their job, with their life, and sometimes both, with their families, and so on and so forth. So people are kept in fear, people are kept small, because it keeps the few in power in power. Yeah. There's a, there, there's a, a series of uh, illogical situations that exists. I'm not even going to go down the list. It's pretty obvious to me, maybe not so much to other people, as to um, how this continues to be perpetuated uh, year after year, election after election, decade after decade, and quite honestly, century after century. Uh, and I will quote to you from one of my guests some uh, years ago. He wrote a book having to do with uh, uh, a new revolution, basically. And uh, the subtitle had to do with um, uh, returning to a more reasonable form of government. My first question out of the blocks was, so when was the last time we had a reasonable form of government? To which he said, uh, it's about uh, five minutes after the ink dried on the Constitution. And he probably wasn't too far off because as soon as it was dry, then everybody grappled to make sure their ox didn't get gored. And that seems to be the case today. I mean, I take a look at the news as little as possible. Uh, inflation? I don't know what you're talking about, inflation. I'm not saying that prices haven't risen, but uh, you know, it's like it is what it is. And I either pay it or I don't pay it. I either put gas in the truck or I don't put gas in the truck. You know, make up your mind. Don't complain about it. Don't complain that there isn't enough. Um, because quite honestly, there's more than enough for everybody of everything. Uh, mm -hmm. Talking about a drought here in California. I don't know if Oregon and Washington are experiencing the similar problems. Uh, but they're talking about, you know, water wars. And I'm going, well, what what it we all live and work and play here together. Why would you waste the energy going to war over something that we have many other ways of bringing it to ourselves if we would but do what needs to be done? And that's why I like what you said earlier, and it's part of one of our campaigns here on Tell Me Your Story, 
to encourage people to participate in the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, where we ask people to go within and listen to, if you will, the goddess, the God, the divine self, the higher self, the still small voice, whatever you want to call it, to guide us as individuals, as individuals, because I honestly do believe that there is a collective connectedness between your still small voice and my still small voice. They are coming from ostensibly the same place, if you will, even though there is no real place. It's just, it's the same source. And, and I think about uh, people who have a particular mindset and philosophy and they forget the words of the master who said, what are you worried about? Do you see the birds there in the tree? They don't work. And yet, look at them. They're taken care of. They have plenty to eat and a place to sleep at night and, and so on and so on and so on. Uh, so what are you? And, and you are, again, this is from the master, uh, you are a creation of the Father, if you will, of God, of the divine, the, you know, what have you. And uh, how much more will you be taken care of? And we just, we just need to relax. We're going to relax a little bit here as we continue talking with Drasmin, DrasminDreamWorks.com. Actually, it's uh, Wixsite.com. We will be linked to her website so you can find out more as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I have to say it is really a pleasure to have Drasmin on our program because, Drasmin, you may or may not know this, this is our 15th anniversary of this program, and you are our, I don't know how to put this, you're our last guest of the 14th and the first guest of the 15th year of uh, Tell Me Your Story as uh, as we move forward in time. And i got to tell you, it, it amazes me. I still think back to when we first started on September 7th of uh, 2007 with this specific program and um, wondering... How long will this last? You know, what, who will we? I didn't even really think about it that way. I just thought, okay, I got to figure out who I'm going to have on the program to talk about some of these issues that we need to that we need to look at from a different perspective. And you help us to do that because you have you have uh, as soon as I can bring uh, there it is. Uh, you have a book which I'm I'm rather interested in finding out about. It's called Inner. Alchemy Meditation, or I Am, the I Am book, uh, basically to awaken and, um, um, what is it, and magnetize your I Am presence. Uh, that, and that's just come out this year, and we're excited about that. Talk to us a little bit about this aspect of not just the meditations, because this, this book contains multiples, and obviously that's artwork on the cover right there, but the 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 concept and aspects of alchemy and what inner alchemy means. So what is it that we're turning, shall we say, into gold? I assume that that's what we want, but that's maybe a metaphor or a symbol. Beautiful. Thank you. So, you know, I, I love that you brought up the concept of alchemy because alchemy is happening right now as we're speaking. You know, take a big deep breath in. That is an alchemical process, okay? You are receiving the air of life into your physical body. It is traveling through all of your cells, nourishing every cell of your being, and then coming back out as 
carbon dioxide. That's a chemical process. And so alchemy is basically the melding of energy and matter. The physical, which is the mind, the heart, and the body, to the non-physical, which is the spirituality, the creativity, and the pleasure bodies within a being. And when all of these energies are in balance and in harmony with each other, then you are connected. You are listening. You're able to listen in because you're connected. You're not disconnected from mind, heart, body. A lot of the programming, you know, you were talking about all of these things that are happening on the social media. They're just distractions. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Television, media, politics, this movement, that movement, this propaganda, that propaganda. It's all theatrics distracting Mm -hmm. from the magic that's happening inside. It's a big distraction. And because it has been going on for so long, we have now, we're now seeing a world that is addicted to these distractions. Like it's really hard to break free of these addictions because we think of addictions of alcohol and drugs. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, the greatest addiction to break is the addiction to fear. The fear of success. What if I succeed? Oh the my fear of Lord, failure. No. Okay, everybody knows that one. <laughs> but the fear of, you know, breaking the addiction of fear, especially the fear of the power of I am, this is what I hope this book will start to invite more conversation into. Mm. So the inner alchemy, you know, this book is a collection of uh, words, 33 power keywords that align with each of the vertebrae so you're going on a journey from the root from the ass from the serpentine energy from that kundalini life force energy up to the top vertebrae which is the pineal gland and that ties into that other art piece i was talking about the shi mandala but this one gives you 33 words so you have 33 words and in fact i have a copy of the book in my hand so it's a nice little small book And you have these 33 words, and they're each expressed in a triangle. And they each have eight-line poems. And the poem is just, you know, you read it. And the, the whole meditation is about just observing yourself. How do you show up before you dive into a word or read a poem or a line of it? And then sit a moment and reflect on how you relate to that what you notice what dissonance you're feeling within yourself because it's really all about breaking the pattern and that happens by addressing the language the language is what is governing the 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 freedom or the imprisonment of our world today the language that is pumped you know there's so many words that are used as common language that it just makes me cringe one of the big popular words that is used, and I hear children use it a lot, is um, the word uh, don't or I can't. You know, the moment you say I I can't, you're immediately disempowering yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can succeed. I don't think I can get that job. I don't think that guy likes me. I don't. I don't. You know, don't touch that. That's one of the first words that children listen. Don't touch that. Don't touch yourself there. Don't look at that. Don't say that. Don't do this. You know, it immediately imprisons the mind. Mm -hmm. And so the inner alchemy meditations, they're each in a triangle because the triangle is the first formation, the temple of silence. 
And some of these words are also acronyms. So you get layers within layers of language to hopefully replace some of the language that you are using into language that is more empowering of your own inner truth. It's not a guide. You know, I, I shared this book with someone. They're like, so what's this book of affirmations about? It's not affirmations. They're, they're simply word playing on words, playing on words to tease out the fallacies within you, the building blocks within you that don't give you a strong foundation for harmony, for peace, for balance, for your own passionate pathways of presence to be in this moment. Mm. And that's an interesting distinction you make between uh, uh, the these words uh, that are not affirmations. And words have power. I've said this, I don't know for how many decades, that words have power. And uh, I think specifically of politicians who are running for office and they say stuff. All right. Mm -hmm. I don't care who the politician is. I don't care left, right, middle, uh, up, down, sideways. They are using the words they're using to elicit specifically an emotional response that will encourage the individuals to vote for them and not Correct. the other person. Correct. Okay? And that is where the power of emotion, energy in motion, yeah. and the energy begins in the language. Yeah. What is the word that you're using? Language has been used for many, many, many centuries to manipulate and distort and imprison the world that we are in. Yeah. The Constitution of the United States was created on a foundation of slavery. And that's why in today's world, we are still seeing an enslaved society because what is built on a faulty foundation cannot thrive. If you don't have the mm -hmm. proper soil for a seed, it's going to be a sickly plant. And so that's why we have a sickly nation. Yeah, We have a people that is at unrest because the constitution was not written with all the people for the people we're all together the indigenous and the black people and whoever is in this country they didn't all come together and create a harmonic yeah outsiders came wiped everybody out and said this is the law yeah and that's why nothing keeps working because you keep trying to fix something that the gunshot wound is hundreds and hundreds of years ago you got to go remove the bullet wound yeah and, 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 and bear in mind, uh, we're, we're talking about, we're not talking about being un-American here mm -mm, um, no. versus, I, I guess the other, the opposite would be uh, nationalistic. I suppose someone would say, oh, patriotic. Okay, fine. But looking at the truth of things, looking at the reality of things so that we can make things better. We're not, tr nobody's trying to destroy this country. They're trying to get people to recognize and acknowledge the whole truth of this country. And, and I, have, I have met and talked with people who, and they have every right to do this, they have been so tightly wrapped in the American flag, which again, they have every right to do, but I'm, I'm, they're so tightly wrapped, I don't know how the heck they breathe. Honestly. It's like, I'm not sitting here burning the flag. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, why can't we, we? We can't even deal with the dark side of ourselves, 
let alone the dark side of this country or any other country. I mean, at least the Germans, at least I like to think so. I've never lived there. I've never talked with Germans. Uh, but at least I would think that the Germans, they don't let their population forget what happened 60, 70 years ago. Um, you know, I would hope the Japanese population would do the same. Of course, they've got reminders of, of uh, World War II in their in their couple of their cities. Um it's it's and and this is the other thing about for example uh, not only Game of Thrones but also Home of the Dragon the prequel has I I like the uh, concepts that they're bringing forth of matriarchy that's trying to raise its head into the patriarchy and having a heck of a struggle of it but it's all the violence it's all of the warring between the kingdoms that just goes on and on and it's like okay I, you know you've seen one you know seen one battle amongst the knights you've seen them all you've seen one head split in half by a sword you've seen them all can we move on to something a little more you know productive here but that's that's the storyline that they're putting out there that continues to reinforce this this uh, uh, this attitude that you know you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I I don't know about you, Jasmine, uh, Drasmine, but the the idea of wanting or even having the desire to control another human being, I I got enough to do taking care of me. So I'm going to interrupt you real quick and um, say something. Yes. Uh, it's probably going to open a can of worms. No, so go for it. Go for it. That's the idea this... of patriarchy and matriarchy is not going to work in the times that we are evolving to into because mm -hmm. both of them have already been done. Matriarchy yes. didn't get worked. Okay. There was a there was an imbalance of power. Patriarchy, mm -hmm. so obviously, is not working. So it's really about equality and it's beyond equality because the masculine and the feminine are not equals. They are complements. So this whole idea of equalizing masculine and feminine is just an absurd thought. It's another, it's another distraction. Let's equalize the masculine and feminine. You can't, mm -hmm. you know, the masculine doesn't work on the cycles of the moon. The masculine works on the cycles of the sun. The feminine works with the cycles of the moon. They are complements, mm -hmm. not equals. Right. So that's why the matriarchy didn't work. That's why the patriarchy isn't working, because they are two complements fighting each other. Uh, and this whole idea of control, uh -huh. it's a parasite. It's yeah. a virus. Oh, yeah. Viruses is what controls animals. You know, animals go rabid and start attacking each other when they are infected. And our collective conscious has become infected with a parasitic energy that has been perpetuated through our language. By the and way, it feeds on our emotions. Let me ask you and this. That creates entanglement. Yeah. Let me ask you this in regards to our society here in America. It's it's pretty prevalent. It's in the news quite a bit. And I'm wondering if this isn't sort of a, a sign, the as they say, the canary in the coal mine. The issue of gender identification, or if you want to use the term transgender, that is, I don't know if this is something that's been around for centuries, but what I do know is it's, I don't remember ever hearing about it when I was in my teens, 20s, 30s, 40s. Mm -hmm. uh, started a little bit, I suppose, uh, late in my 50s. I'm 62 now. And it's like uh, the one conversation that a lot of people have a lot of difficulty with, 
uh, for a lot of different reasons. But I have to wonder, is our society, certain segments of our society, so sensitive to what you just described? Patriarchy, uh, matriarchy didn't work. Patriarchy isn't working. And the, the males who came into this world as males are wanting to go to the other side, so to speak, and the females who are sensitive in that regard are wanting to go to the other side. And then there are those who don't want to identify with any gender. I'll be honest with you, uh, as, a, as a guy growing up in my 20s and early 30s and meeting some of the women that I did over the years who were just wounded like they, like crazy and they were wounded by men, I became ashamed to be a man for a while. It's like, Damn, what is wrong with us, you know? I mean, I didn't do it, but I still felt a certain level of responsibility because I'm a member of the pack or tribe or whatever. Do you think that this this whole gender identification or identity um, issue, I want uh, to try I'm trying to keep it simple here, is a sign of this challenge that we face as a society because the two the two that we are aware of and there's got to be a third where you know we're equal or we're you know we're complementary um that's where we have to go and that's a sign that these first two they they're not working look at what ha is happening to our children and our young adults they don't want to be what they were when they came in here they want to so to speak switch sides because for whatever reason <clears throat> okay. <laughs> I knew this was coming today. I felt it. I felt it. Uh -huh. um, so I will share two things. And one is I have been meditating on the transgender um, topic, shall mm -hmm. we say, for many, many years, for at least six and a half years now. In fact, there was a, I, I consider myself bisexual. And when I was going through my journey of uh, empowering my own sexuality, I went through a phase where I communicated with a lot of people in the trans community. And I even dated uh, being uh, in the trans community for a few months. And I was really exposed to the inside scene, shall we say. Mm -hmm. And um, a download that I actually received from my guides and um, last month, very clear download, because I've been asking for years, please help me understand the trans thing. Mm -hmm. Because I do know that in the story of being, there have been beings who have been born with both sexes. They were uh, treated in temples as sacred men and women because mm. they had the god goddess power in physical form. Yet their stories have been annihilated because God forbid, you know, we give power to the transsexual community and then everybody's going to get a god complex. Everybody already has a god complex in today's age. So mm -hmm. I was I was meditating on this on this topic and the download that came through from the Ascension Council of Light was there is three reasons, three big things about this. One, the whole dysphoria, the whole disenchantment with the whole gender thing. One, it's probably just exhaustion. You know, the whole people who just don't want to identify, they're just probably just sick of the topic. Like, dude. Just enjoy the body that you're in, okay? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> just just be, okay? I, I don't want to be identified because of my genitalia. I want to be acknowledged as a being because of what I bring to the world, of who I am, of the joy that I am. Mm -hmm. Two, 
there's a lot of trauma in the sexual energy, a lot of trauma. Mm. And we see in the mitochondrial DNA, and this is why the feminine has been feared because she is the she is the carrier of memory. You know, a woman has so many cycles in her lifespan. She is born with that number of eggs, which means that when she was in the womb of her mother forming, she was already had those eggs. And that goes back in the womb of her grandmother, her grandmother, her great grandmother. And there's so much that is unknown about DNA. But in my work with the energetic consciousness, this memory of the raping of feminine power, this suppression of of integrity and truth has created so much trauma in the sexual energy that it's, you know, it, we saw it in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s as addiction, addiction to drugs and alcohol. Well, that eventually ran its fuse out. Now it's an addiction to something else. And it's slowly coming back to the root issue of sexual energy. We are all traumatized. Men are circumcised more often than not as babies. You know, and, and in the hospitals, the parents more often than not aren't even present holding their child. You know, they, they, they have just gone through a traumatic birth experience and then they have their genitalia snipped off. Okay, call it what you want. There is an imprint of trauma memory in the sexual energy. And you get that going down for generations and generations. No wonder nobody wants to talk about sex. No wonder nobody wants to talk about what's hurting. Because you're talking about an old, 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 old steak. You know, it's got many layers of skin that it hasn't shed. Then we're talking about the feminine who has been forced into mass marriages, treated as property, sometimes even less than property, you know, has had her womb continually abused. And to this day, there's many women across the world. I speak as a woman who has come from a quote unquote third world country who was born and programmed with the mindset of your purpose in life is to be of service to a man. One day you will be a wife and you will just do what the man says. I've had to work out of that, but there is so much distortion around what sexual energy is. You know, mm -hmm. it has been taken from sexual energy is the energy of creation where you can create anything you want to nobody can talk about it. You can't even make a social media post about sex because you'll get flagged and shadow banned as a sex worker. You know, this whole disconnect to what sexual energy really is is what is creating and perpetuating this dysphoria and this this issue i feel with gender and there is i do believe and the third aspect of this download is there are a few people who are soul contracted to come into this world and go through the whole process but the number of those people are very 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 few in, in between because we choose our bodies before we come into this earth we choose our experiences we choose our contracts we don't just come in here and just get thrown to the wolves but we do pass through the veil of forgetfulness so that we can go through the experience of remembering and reawakening to the power of the i am mm. well uh wow that, that's a lot to think about let me tell you um, and and it makes me it makes me really wonder sometimes about um, well it makes me think of an interesting irony 
The irony is we refuse, for the reasons you've discussed, to, to, to talk about sex, despite the fact that that's how we all got here. <laughs> it's like I traveled from Los Angeles to New York, but I can't tell you how I got here. Right. I can't exactly. talk about it. No, no, it's no taboo. Uh, you know, yeah, you got to be kidding me. Everything is sex. Yeah. Okay. Flowers are a uh, sex. Yeah. Fruit is sex. Our water is sex. It's the it's the union of, of oxygen and, and hydrogen. Yeah. Everything is sex. Yeah. It's just sacred energy exchange. That's what it is. It's the exchange of energy. I like but that. somewhere along the line, somebody figured out the formula of how to hack into the sexual energy and siphon it away. And then they created all of these distractions yep. that we are now witnessing play out yeah. on the big middle school playground called Planet Earth. And there are people who are out there who may identify as male or female, whether they are trans or or otherwise, or they are sticking with the gender they came in with. Um, I was hoping to uh, leave this earth with all of the parts that I came in with, and unfortunately, I won't do that because I've lost a couple of teeth, uh, no gallbladder, uh, <laughs> you know. Foreskin. Uh, yeah, there you go, foreskin. <laughs> and the one thing I do, and I talk, I mention this when we get into conversations like this, I mention this pretty regularly. When I was in biology class in high school, and we were talking about not just reproduction, but the development of the sperm and the egg into the embryo that then began to grow into the fetus, et cetera, et cetera. And according to what I was told back then, and apparently it has been scientifically verified, Correct. every single human being who has ever been born started out female that is correct and that ties into that art piece the she mandala there is no he without the she and yet she is because he is yeah and and it's like you know people will challenge that because there comes a point where and i don't know where the maybe the information comes from the dna of the of the husband and the wife or the man and the woman who or just you know the sperm and the egg that have been brought together and the combined DNA, there's new information that's been created and says, okay, uh, at some point, we're going to inject either another uh, Y chromosome or we're going to pop in there an X chromosome, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's based upon the information that's supposedly, I guess, I'm guessing, is in the DNA. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like we, we really, it, do, we, do we have a serious problem or are we beginning from the shall we call them I, I, I say this in the context of um, uh, small little groups here and there who are sort of uh, under the radar uh, people who are sort of in the shadows and they're working to educate people as to the truths about ma masculine and feminine, maybe such as yourself, and that there is hope for our society. Um, Barbara Marks Hubbard, you may or may not know who she is, uh, she shared with us literally 15 years ago when we first started this show. She was like our third or fourth guest. 
And she talked back then, 15 years ago, about, no, what am I talking about? 2007? Seven, yeah, that's right. Okay, math is right. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I stopped to do the math. She said that we are, at that time, she said, we are going through what she recalled the birth pangs. Mm-hmm. That just like a woman who is giving birth to a baby, mm-hmm. there is the pain, there is the anguish, and all that goes along with it, which I have no clue about. My mother has it six times over. Um, but eventually the baby is birthed and the pain goes away. And now you get to watch this new creature, this new creation grow and develop into something new. And I don't recall her telling me how long that process was going to be, but it seems as though at least from our human linear perspective, it's taking a long time. I mean, she was talking about it 15 years ago. I don't know if it started 15 years prior to that Mm -hmm. or how much longer it's going to go on. But even so, it's still temporary, isn't it? You know, I'm wondering, Richard, do I have a moment here to perhaps crack open, maybe like go off that down that yellow brick road? Please do, uh, (laughs) because I was actually going to go down that way. Before you go down that yellow brick road and don't lose your train of thought there, I want to remind our listeners, Dresmeen is our guest here on the program, dresmeendreamworks.wisesite.com. That's dreamworks.com. Wixsite.com will be linked to it here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan along with Dresmeen. And Dresmeen, you are going to share with us. We're going down that uh, yellow brick road that I didn't used to go down, but what I'm finding is it's very, very relevant. Please go ahead. Absolutely. So, okay. Um, in the beginning of this human experience, collective consciousness uh, on earth plane, we had the matriarchs in the elephant society. The elephants were the first matriarchs of this earth. Um, and then the humans came along. And then we've had many civilizations come through. We've had Egypt, which have, we've had the Mayans, we've had Atlantis. Now, when Atlantis fell is when the full force of malevolent forces of reptilian forces came in and invaded the temples and there is a lot that i could go into that but i'm not going to go into all of the details of how that happened and who did what i know a lot of these stories because i have very clear remembrances of my lives in those timelines that i have remembered over the last few years in my practices and they have also been verified by other beings that I have met along my path, because mm-hmm. that's what happens when we awaken to our memories. We attract certain people in our lives so that we can clear our karma. We can forgive and let go of the past and retrieve the lessons and grow. That's the whole point of continuing evolution. We look at what we've done. We hopefully learn from what we've done and not repeat that and we fall. And what has become very clear over the last few months is when Atlantis fell is when the full force of reptilian invasion came into the planet Earth with their high technology, with their advanced knowledge of infiltration. And they had been 
attempting to infiltrate yeah. the earth consciousness for God. thousands of years. This wasn't like something that just happened overnight. They had been making their attempts for, for a very, very, very long time. And that tipping point happened at Atlantis. So everything from Atlantis has just been total chaos because there was a complete separation of purity and divinity because of what happened in the temples of Atlantis in that moment. These reptilian entities came in and basically took the women of this earth and raped them and produced offspring. And because of this offspring, they have been able to infect the energy grid systems. And now we are seeing the descendants of this reptilian children in the majority of the powers that currently hold the construct. I know this might sound very woo-woo and uh, crazy and out of the box. And you're like, what is this crazy alchemist artist talking about? You know, I invite you to really start tapping into your memories and start just tracing the emotion rather than trying to figure out the story and attaching to the story of why this is happening. I invite uh, a tracing of the emotion. Okay, I have this anger, I have this frustration, I have this dissonance and start allowing that thread to carry because the law of energy is that it cannot be created nor destroyed. It can only be transferred. So energy, there has been a transference of energy and power. These reptilians came in, these dark forces came in, stripped the temples removed all the women, the veil, which was a symbol of a woman's authority and power in her community of her connection to God was then placed on top of the woman to hide her. Many of the priestesses were raped. They were blinded. They, and it wasn't just priestesses. There were priests as well who mm -hmm. were empowered in their feminine energy, working through their masculine body under, mm -hmm. you know, in co-creation with priestesses. So mm -hmm. I, I use the word priestesses loosely in the terms of beings wearing a veil. And that is one of the reasons it is so difficult to see past the programming right now. That is one of the reasons it's so hard to break the addictions and break the cycles because it is a literal program that is not human that has been fed into the DNA and then over time solicit solidified. And that is why we are at spiritual warfare right now. We are in the middle of World War III. That's why this, this birth canal that you're talking about, this long, narrow path through the darkness, it's all a matter of being squeezed and, and, and tight, so tight that you have no choice but to push yourself through. You know, the mother is not pushing the child. The child is coming out of its own. The mother doesn't say, oh, I'm going to have a birth at two o'clock on May Day. No, the child says, I'm coming now. Unless <laughs> you, you know, unless you plan a cesarean. And I'm not even going to go into no. how the cesarean concept of birth, you right. know, there is a time and a place. Sure, and sure. coming back to the original temples, this is why Mary Magdalene was able to conceive without sperm because she was a pure woman of God. You know, they call her the Immaculate Virgin because she had been in training for many lifetimes in the temples, purifying her vessel, listening, connecting to her God power. Mm -hmm. In the original story of being, creation happened in union with nature and the masculine energy came in to support and protect that. 
Yeah. But when the veil was put over the church with then which then Christ came, you know, several thousand years later and tore the veil in Palestine, mm-hmm. you know, there's another symbolism of the veil tearing off. Yeah. We're seeing a repetition of cycles. Every 2000 years the veil is tearing off. The veil is tearing off. Christ came and tore the veil down. Mm. Now we're seeing the veil torn down again. When the reptilians came down to Atlantis, they tore the veil apart between those in power and those that weren't in power. And in that confusion and that chaos, they took over. That's why it's so hard to pick up on the subtle programming because it's so subtle. It's energy. We don't have a manual on energy. There's no guidebook on energy. Yeah. No, there isn't. And by the way, just as a, just a little correction, it wasn't Mary Magdalene. It was, uh, Mary, the, the, the wife of, uh, or the betrothed of Joseph, Mary Magdalene, yes. she Thank was you. actually, then this is something significant. She, Mary yes. Magdalene, was the one, the first person, let alone woman, to recognize who Jesus was following his resurrection. Thank you. Thank whereas, you so much. Whereas the, the apostles who came upon him afterward basically and i'm going to paraphrase here but they basically said oh man uh, can you tell us where the nearest pub is we need to we need to, uh, a drink or two our friend just died and uh, um and we're so sad and and he says he's going to be back in three days but we don't think so could you tell us which way to go you know one of my favorite lines one of my favorite lines of mary magdalene is is there before jesus she's i think on her knees or prostrate before him and she reaches up to touch his uh, gown, if you will, his robe, whatever it was he was wearing at the time. And he basically says, no, don't don't touch me. And I I interpret it as saying, uh, Mary, don't touch. The paint's not dry just yet. OK, it's not dry yet. Uh, but she knew who he was. The men didn't. And I just find that it's like. Mary Magdalene should have been the, the, the head of the church, not one of those knuckleheads. There's a key right there. You yeah. know, the feminine sees first. And that goes back to where we open the conversation. She brings that vision. Yeah. She brings that aha. She brings that. Let's go. Yeah. I see you. I empower you. I encourage you. But here's the kicker. Why did the church leave that part in to even give any credence to the importance of the feminine. That's what's bizarre to me. That's the that's one of those ironies that I was talking about. I'm going to go with pride. You okay. know, it's like they think that they're so smart. They're like, ah, oh, you know, we've taken everything out, whatever. Give them those breadcrumbs. They're too dumb to figure it out. <laughs> right? That's, prob- that's what yeah. my guess is. Oh, these people are, these peasants are too dumb to figure it out. Well, give it a few thousand years and then we'll see who's the smart we'll one. See who, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you Have you ever seen the movie or read the book, The Last Temptation of Christ by yes. Kazantzakis? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, back in the 80s, when I was working for the religious radio station, we had this campaign blasting it, just utterly saying, don't go see it. It's terrible. It's blasphemous, blah, 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 blah. What did I do? I went out and got a copy of the book. Now, I never really got through the whole thing, but I read the preface specifically. And in it, Kazanzaki said, and I paraphrase, these are just my musings. I'm just saying, what if? What if? I'm not saying this is the truth. I'm saying, what if? 
Then I saw the movie. Now, first of all, you and I may agree that it wasn't a great movie. But I don't know. Maybe it's my mindset. Maybe I'm going to hell for this. I'm a heretic. I didn't find anything blasphemous about it. I, you know, because I knew that the storyline came from a man who was just asking questions. Again, there's a word, right? A word. Words are given the power that we give them. Yeah. Words don't have power until we give them power. Mm -hmm. Blasphemy is another one of those words. Oh, that's blasphemous. You know, me here sitting here wearing red lipstick talking to you without a man standing next to me could be considered blasphemous in some (gasps) cultures. Where's your veil? I, it's right here. Where's your? <laughs> it's right here. Hold and on, I've, hold on. I gotta cover up. And and I've got my head covering. <laughs> yeah. I I you know and we're we, neither of us are trying to make light of any of this. We're not trying to be disrespectful to anybody. We're just trying to, hopefully, um, get you to understand that there is more mm-hmm. to this life that we have been given. And I say that from the standpoint, as far as I know, I didn't create myself, okay, just, you know, for the sake of argument, uh, and that we want to thrive. It's time to stop surviving. Correct. And that takes place in so many areas, including, as you have alluded to, Dresmin, the the aspect of the programming. Mm -hmm. Erase it overwrite it whatever it takes and i take it the book that you've got the inner alchemy meditations is one of those ways that we can overwrite that programming through those meditations absolutely you know the the i am book is also i will say quite dense it is for um a more educated being shall we say so you know if if english is not your first language i would not recommend it as an immediate introduction. I do have actually on um, a different website, my education website, which is in the process of a rebrand, a lot of other resources and tools, very simple guides. Um, I, in fact, today, this morning, just finished a course called uh, Peace Alchemy Immersion. And it dives into how to thrive, in Mm. fact, in the being experience, you know, how to be at peace. What does peace look like? How yeah. to cultivate it? Yeah. Why to cultivate it? Um, so the book is a great, and I, I I recommend it to anyone. And I will also give that caveat that it will awaken you. It yeah. will bring you know things up, and a bell rung cannot be unrung. Right. Oh, I love it. Uh, as a matter of fact, on this program, I used to say at the end of the program, and eh, maybe a little facetiously. Now that you've listened to the information that has been presented here, I, I, I hesitate to inform you that you can't unhear it. Now you're going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So be advised that what you listen to, you will have to deal with somewhere down the road, even if it is the programming. Mm-hmm. But if it's not, again, and uh, as I have shared with our listeners, Dresmin, we put out a smorgasbord, a huge, the table, 15 years, huge. It's in the football field, bigger. And we ask people to come and partake of those things that resonate with them. And then come back again and again and again and again and keep taking something from that table because you're going to find that today you will 
take something from the far left corner, which is, again, that's fine, whatever it is, and it, it, it's okay, you, you can handle that. And in five years, just for the sake of argument, in five years, you're going to be diving in the middle of that table, thinking back to that very first day uh, on September 7th of 2022. Wow, I was only over at the edge of the left side of the table, and look at me now, I'm out here in the middle in the middle, in the deep, deepest part of this table of incredible concepts and ideas. That's what happens. You, you know, immerse Speaking yourself. of concepts and ideas, the, you, you mentioned earlier that we have a big problem. And I do a lot of word plays. So I want to I want to throw this little uh, awakening bomb. You okay, know, problem. sure. Let's do it. Yeah. So problem, I say, is an acronym for perceiving that running or blaming leaves everything magically solved. There's no such thing as a problem. <laughs> it's along the same lines as uh, being in a state of confusion. Correct. Being in the state of confusion, it's a comfortable place to be, but doesn't get you anywhere. Right. Doesn't you know, get you anywhere. You're running away from something or you're blaming something. Yeah. You're giving your power away. You know, in the 80s, the big thing was victimhood. Mm-hmm. I went through Lifespring, which was an outgrowth of Est. Um, I went through the three levels of Lifespring. And uh, I remember how uh, they would, uh, they, in these programs, they, they're designed, they break you down in the first three nights, and then they start to build you back up on Saturday all day and Sunday all day. And it's usually through uh, sort of sleep deprivation of sorts, you know, where they, you're there till 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning. Then you got to go to work the next day, Thursday. And then you got to go there at uh, 7 o'clock that night. And they keep you till 1 or 2 in the morning. You got to go to work Friday. They do it again Friday night. And then you got to be back early Saturday. And that's when they start to uh, build you back up again to help your self-esteem and all these different things. And... One of the things that I found so fascinating was this experience that I had in another program. It was more in the 90s. Uh, It was called Delta Vector. They also called it Omega Vector. And um, we were all sitting around in the big big, uh, room, sitting on the floor. And the facilitator came in and said, you know, I understand that a lot of you, there's some of you here who feel like you don't want to be here. And I hate to uh, uh, um, give you a rude awakening, but... You're lying to yourself because if you didn't want to be here, you wouldn't be. But guess where you are? You're here. And it's kind of like that old saying, wherever you are, that's where you are. Okay. So wherever we are, that's where we want to be. Because if we didn't want to be there, we'd be somewhere else. Yeah. So choose where you want to be. You can do that. Yeah. You know, unlike trees, we're not rooted. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so as we as we continue here, we're talking with uh, Dresmeen, Dresmeen Dreamworks dot whisk the website. We hope that you'll go to that website. We'll be linked to it as well. I'm Richard Dugan. This is Tell Me Your Story. We are bringing you new paradigms for a new world, and we've been doing it for 15 years, ladies and gentlemen. 15 years. I won't sit here and count them. One, two, three, four, five. But what I will do is let you know that even though right now in the podcasts from SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations too numerous to mention, along with YouTube, um, on the podcasts we have uh, programs 
all the way back to January of 2018. Okay. So right there, you've got uh, six years worth of programs. On YouTube, we've only been putting up YouTube stuff since, uh, I think, 2020. So it's only two years. I've got 200, almost 300 videos or video casts up on YouTube for you to, uh, to watch. I uh, hope you'll subscribe as well so you can be notified when a new interview is posted. Um, I love doing these programs because of people like you, uh, Drasmin. It is um, a wonderful experience. And I will tell you that I have no problem with someone saying, you know, Richard, okay, I get your point, but. <laughs> and then they say, have you ever considered this? To which I responded to one of my guests who did that to me. And again, I didn't have a problem with it. I said, <clears throat> well, there goes another one of my straw huts up in flame. I'm going to burn them all down. I don't care. Because as I told my late sister, uh, who I had a lot of deaths in my in my surroundings this 2022. Uh, I told her at one Thanksgiving while we were standing in the kitchen to the consternation of my mother having one of these spiritual religious debates. I said uh, as she challenged me on my salvation I said look my beliefs of yesterday are not my beliefs of today are not my beliefs of tomorrow because I'm still alive. I'm still growing. I'm still experiencing. I'm still living uh, and I'm still asking questions. And uh, I hope that other people will do the same. I really do. Uh, and um, I, I really do appreciate what you bring to the table. Uh, all of it, you know, including the walk down the yellow brick road. Uh, because if someone's got a better explanation, let, I'll love to hear it. You know, I really would. But I think my wife said it best in regards to our lack of indigenousness to this planet. She said, every other animal on this planet has its own, shall we say, residence. Do you see polar bears at the equator? Do you see iguanas at the poles? Of course not. And yet man is the only one of all of the creatures on this planet who has to or chooses for, I, I don't know, made up reasons, puts on clothing, has to build structures to live in, and then condition the interior so as not to freeze or overheat uh, depending upon the weather conditions. You don't see any other animal, any other creatures on the planet doing that, nor do you see any other creatures on the planet storing up for more than a season. And that's why, uh, as we wrap things up here, uh, Drasmin, I'd love for you to uh, talk to us a little bit about why, and this is my belief, and if you don't agree, that's fine. I'd love to hear your, your perspective. Uh, nature is our greatest teacher, and we need to be listening. <laughs> well, you know, if uh, the skies decide to open and downpour a flood, it doesn't matter how much we, you know, how many belongings and possessions we throw at it. It's going to wash away our homes. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to die and Mother Nature is still going to be here. She doesn't need us. We need her. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the nature, the earth has been here and has gone through many evolutions and it has spoken and wiped out many civilizations because she had it. She is a living, breathing entity. And the mycelium, the mushrooms, is the nervous system of the earth. And they're always talking to each other. 
they are always communicating with each other. They know what's happening right here, you know, all the way across the world. The wind is speaking, the earth is speaking. So just listening, you know, just cultivate a daily practice when you wake up, hand on heart. I woke up today and just feel and listen. You know, it's, it's that simple. The first few moments of the day can change your entire day. And if you choose to take those few moments to just start listening, mm -hmm. then you will realize that you are always in tune with nature. You know, when it's when it's hot, you might want to go out to a pool. You know, when it's cold, you'll probably want to stay indoors. You know, your body will naturally align to the seasons, mm -hmm. but you have to give yourself time. Yeah. Right. And you have to actively work on awareness. You have to actively work on presence of like, oh, I'm wanting to like grab my phone and check all my emails and who loves me on social media, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, not to make a joke of this big problem that yeah. we have, but yeah. we, it is a problem. You know, we're continuously trying to blame this movement and that movement and mm -hmm. this movement. Oh, nature's not providing for us. But what are you providing for nature? Mm -hmm. When was the last time you took a moment and sat in appreciation of the fact that, wow, that tree was there before I was born. Yeah. And it's probably going to be there after I die and I'm decomposed. If I was buried at the foot of the tree, it'll happily eat me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny, too, because a lot of people love to quote the Bible. And it's I think in the Old Testament where it talks about how man is to... Um, uh, subjugate the earth. I think that's the word that's been used. Oh, and, and I'm thinking, uh, no, I think you might want to rephrase. It should be, uh, we are, we are stewards, stewards of correct. the earth. We don't subjugate it. We don't dominate it. We don't, uh, uh, um, uh, abuse it. And, uh, you know, you and I, uh, probably feel a little bit the same as far as what's happening, as far as our climates, and, and I'll tell you what, uh, from my perspective, you can throw the science out. I don't care about the science. I ask this simple question. Don't you think we should clean up our home? Absolutely. I'm not Change talking. Of, yeah, I don't Absolutely. care what the CO2 levels are and 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 and. Uh, uh, whether it's La Nina or El Nino or or we've got these giant garbage gyres out in the Pacific, the Atlantic, the Indian, uh, what, wherever, the oceans, we need to clean up our home. Absolutely. because And, and more than the home, we get to clean up our mind. Yes. The clutter yes. in our mind. Yes. The, 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 the language, you know, the mind is like this cup. OK, it can only be filled so much. Mm hmm. And then there's no room. So you have to empty it out. You got to empty the mind, you know, yeah. and that that course I just finished today. One of the practices is decluttering. You got to declutter the mind. You got to start within. You got to start with your home. And then we will start seeing effective change in our world. Because, yeah. yes, the garbage in the Pacific is a big problem, but it's a problem because we are not facing our own crap. We are literally like, oh, we get our garbage picked up. How many people actually think about the garbage? When was the last time you heard the garbage truck and you took a moment and you just placed a hand on your heart and said, wow, thank you so much for picking up my trash today? Oh, let me tell you, we have Marburg here in Southern California, Central California. 
And every day I pass one of the trucks, the guys are racing. I can't believe the athleticism of these guys racing across the street with those bins and so forth. And I slow down. I mean, I slow way down, not just for the safety reasons, but also in honor of them. Because if it weren't for them, we'd be up to our eyeballs or hat brims in garbage. So I am very thankful for those individuals in particular. Um, and it's uh, it's it's really a testament to that the, the companies, if you will, as well as the individuals uh, who do that. And boy, you don't see too many heavy set. Uh, um, I like to call them sanitation engineers. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They are indeed. I'm talking with Drasmind here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host here on Tell Me Your Story. We're bringing you new paradigms for a new world, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., streaming at 9 a.m. on uh, Wednesdays. That's our special edition, streaming at richarddugan.com at those times. We podcast at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. And we are also on YouTube where you can watch as well as listen to these interviews. And then uh, even go to our guest, Drasmin's website, DrasminDreamWorks.Wisksite.com. Again, will be linked to her website. We also encourage you to participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s, where we ask you to go within and listen to the divine, listen to the goddess, the God within, and follow the promptings. And maybe sometimes it's just, just sit quietly, just, just be quiet. Very quiet, okay? Shh. You don't need to do anything. Just be. Just be. That's all you have to do. And then if you'd like to support the work we're doing here, we would so be gratefully appreciative. We have a PayPal account. It is there for your security as well as ours. When you go to PayPal to send, you put my email address in there. Richard at RichardDugan.com. That's Richard at RichardDugan.com. Any amount is gratefully appreciated and we'll take energetic support as well. And with that, uh, Dresmine, I asked you this quest, these questions, these three final questions in your last appearance, but you were also with another gentleman who we will also have on for his solo appearance as well. Uh, although I have to say that program went very well. It, it was a very interesting conversation between the three of us. And um, I, I was very grateful that the two of you were willing to do that. So let me ask you the first of those three questions. Who is Dresmine? Mm. Uh, I am, um, I'm just a passenger. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I am. I am just words. Um, I am, I am. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? Mm, wow. Well, I, if it hasn't been made clear thus yet <laughs> i really hope to to dissolve this whole um disillusionment that we are separate from ourselves and from each other hmm. and finally what is your life's purpose mm. well my life's purpose is to experience this adventure that hmm. we call life and hmm. in the process eat some delicious food, smoke some amazing cannabis, meet <laughs> some amazing people, create some magical art, 
and perhaps change a life or two along the way. Not bad. Not bad at all. Well, Drasmin, again, thank you so much for joining us here on the program. And I do look, I look forward to having you back again. And uh, maybe we'll, we'll dedicate a program to going back down that yellow brick road and talk about the, the uh, off-worldly influences, shall we say, mm-hmm. uh, and also disme- dispel. I, I find it disheartening that our, the powers that be are doing this. Uh, because if anybody thinks about it, as I have, um, they will know that these off-world beings mean us no harm. Here is the reason why. Because if they can travel halfway across the galaxy, you and I, Dresmine, we would not be having this conversation. It would already be over. So that's just my perspective. Uh, but I, maybe we'll have you back and we can talk a little bit more about that. I, th- I think it would be rather fascinating. Explore the possibilities. The possibilities. You got it. <laughs> you got it. All right. Well, I thank you so much for joining us also to uh, listening and watching Tell Me Your Story on our 15th anniversary program. And we certainly hope that you will uh, continue to listen for the next 15. Uh, I'm shooting more for like uh, 40 or 45 years. Uh, that's right. A hundred and whatever it is is going to be. And I'm hoping I'm not talking like this and hoping I still have all my teeth. But I hope that you will join us again on our next broadcast, podcast, videocast. And until then, love to Lal and Jeanette. I am listening. Mm-hmm.